When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. This will be a quick mini-pod to provide a much-overdue update on Napoli Femminile, which is something I've been talking about for a little while now, but with the international break ending on Tuesday and the Serie A campaign not resuming for Napoli until Sunday, I finally had a few minutes to work on this update. The last time I provided an update on the Femminile was back in November, so let me quickly recap where we left off before I go into more detail in terms of what's happened since then. I'll go through the recap relatively quickly, but if you want more detail on what happened in the preseason and through the first eight rounds of the league, then head on back to episode 36 of the podcast for that. For those of you who might be new to Napoli Femminile, let me start with a very brief recent history of the team. I've been covering the team for a few years now, and over that short period... The one consistent has been change. We've had a different coach in each of the last four seasons. Beppe Marino earned promotion to Serie A in the 2019-20 season. He was promptly replaced by Alessandro Pistolesi, who achieved salvation in his first season in charge before he was sacked shortly after the start of his second campaign. Pistolesi was then replaced by a pair of coaches in Giulia Domenichetti and Roberto Castorina, who were not able to achieve salvation last season, and they were subsequently replaced by Dmitry Lipov for the start of this season. We've also completely overhauled our squad in each of the last two summers, which certainly makes it difficult to improve season over season. It's a bit of a crapshoot. So we started this season back in Serie B Femenile with a new coach, a new squad, and in fact an entirely new management team. Fortunately, the latest rebuild has proven to be quite successful. We immediately saw results under Lipov, who for the most part played in a 4-3-3 formation. Through the first 8 rounds, we had a record of 6 wins, 1 draw, and only 1 loss. That was good enough to be second in the table, tied with Cittadella on 19 points, and 3 points back of Lazio, who were at the top of the table. The draw was against Ravenna, where we conceded the late equalizer, though it's hard to complain about that when we also scored a late winner to beat Sassari Torres a couple of rounds later. The one loss was against Cesena, who were near the top of the table at that point. Since then, we've played a total of 14 league matches, with a record of 10 wins, 3 draws, and only 1 loss. Now, I'm not going to go into detail on each individual result, because that would simply take way too much time. 
However, if you do want all of the gory details, head on over to ForzaNapoliPress.com and click on the Napoli Feminile tab from the main menu. We review every single match in great detail on the website. Instead, I'm going to focus on some key themes and major talking points since round 8. And what I want to start with first is the general competition in the league. Despite a record of 16 wins, 4 draws, and only 2 losses, we are currently 3rd in the table on 52 points. Lazio lead the league with 56 points, so they are 4 points clear of us, and Cittadella are 2nd in the league on 53 points, or 1 point clear of us. Both of those teams have been absolutely on fire lately, they've each won 7 consecutive matches. We haven't been so bad during that stretch either, we have 6 wins and a draw over that same period. The one draw was against Ravenna on match day 19, so they've been a difficult opponent for us this season. However, immediately before that stretch, we also lost to Cittadella 2-0. That was easily our worst performance of the season, we just seemed a little bit off in that match, which can happen on occasion. Unfortunately, between that loss to a direct rival and then the draw to Ravenna, that's how we've come to be 4 points back of the league leaders. That's also how the league became a 3 horse race. Up until a few rounds ago, Ternana was in the mix as well, but in the last few rounds they lost to Lazio, they lost to us, and then they tied Hellas Verona. As a result, they fall into 7 points behind us in the table, and they are still comfortably in 4th place, which means everyone else is even further behind. Now, we have yet to play either of Lazio or Cittadella in the Girona di Ritorno, nor have they played each other yet, so there is still hope for Napoli. There are 16 teams in the league, which means there are a total of 30 rounds, there are only 8 rounds remaining, so they're all important, but there are a couple of dates to look out for. On match day 24, which is the round after the next one, Cittadella hosts Lazio. Then on match day 27, which is in early May, we travel to Rome to take on Lazio. And finally on match day 29, which could well be the decisive round, we host Cittadella. The reason I say match day 29 could be the decisive round is because of how promotion and relegation works in Serie A and Serie B Femminile. Those rules changed when women's football finally became a professional league starting this season. Up until the end of last season, Serie A Femminile consisted of 12 clubs and Serie B Femminile consisted of 14 clubs. But as of the start of this season, Serie A was reduced to 10 clubs and Serie B increased to 16. In fact, that rule change is what caused us to be relegated last season because to affect the change in the distribution of clubs across the two leagues, three clubs were relegated from Serie A, and only one club was promoted from Serie B. We finished 10th in the league last season, which is the same position we finished in the season prior and stayed up, but last season, only the top 9 clubs stayed up, so we were relegated. Now, because there's a significant difference in the number of clubs in each division, the schedules had to be modified as well. Serie B is fairly straightforward, it's what we're accustomed to for any of us who watch the men's team. Everyone plays each other twice, once at home and once away. As I said, there are 16 clubs in total, which means a 30-round campaign. Serie A is a little bit more complicated now. There are effectively two seasons. The first is what you would call the regular season, which follows the same format as Serie B, where everyone plays each other twice, once at home and once away. However, because there are only 10 clubs, that is not long enough. An 18-round season would be too short. 
So what happens is the standings are taken at the end of the regular season, and then the top five clubs are placed into one pool called the Scudetto pool, and the bottom five clubs are placed into another pool called the Survival pool. Then each of those clubs plays two more matches against the other clubs within their respective pools home and away, which adds eight more rounds, or a total of 26 rounds for the entire season. The team that finishes at the bottom of the survival pool is automatically relegated, while the team that finishes at the top of Serie B is automatically promoted. Meanwhile, the team that finishes second from the bottom in the survival pool will play a playoff against the team that finishes second in Serie B, and that is why match day 29 will be so important for us, because that could well decide who will play in the playoff. Now obviously we'd rather win the league and earn automatic promotion, but we do not control that. Even if we beat Lazio on match day 27 in Rome, which can be done, we already beat them on match day 12 in Napoli, then they'd still be one point clear of us in the table. In other words, we'd still need some help from someone else, the most likely source being the match against Cittadel on match day 24. We would need at least a draw there, in my opinion. If Lazio win that match, then I think they're winning the league and taking that automatic promotion spot. That means we'd be competing with Cittadella for a second, hence the importance of match day 29. But what's most important for us at least is that we are very much in that conversation. I think it's even more important that we see it through because with the new distribution of clubs, it's significantly more difficult to earn promotion from Serie B to Serie A. Now a big reason we're even in that conversation is our attack and two players in particular, Adriana Gomes and Elisa Del Estal. Gomes has been absolutely on fire this season. She scored 22 goals in all competitions, 20 in Serie A, and 2 in the Coppa Italia. Remarkably, she is only second in the league in goal scoring. Ternana's Anastasia Spiridonidou has 21 goals in the league, so one more goal than Gomes. Delestal is now up to 11 goals on the season, which is tied with three other players for fifth in the league in scoring Brescia's Teresa Fracas, Kievo's Claudia Ferrato, and former Napoli and current Lazio player Depichatsi Nicolao are all currently on 11 goals. What's crazy about Della Stahl's productivity is she was only signed by Napoli in November, so she did not play the first 9 rounds of the league, and she only featured off the bench in the 10th round. In other words, she has 10 goals in 12 full rounds. Della Stahl and Gomes are easily the most lethal strike duo in the league, combining for 31 goals. And then we've gotten a fair bit of secondary scoring as well. Romina Pina has 8 goals on the season, which is quite good as well, considering that she does not start every match. She split time initially with Sara Tamborini, and more recently with Saba Seguir. On a side note, I feel for Tamborini, who was really good for us in the first half of the season when we played in a 4-3-3 formation, but with the change in formation to a 4-3-1-2 with a Trequartista and then with the subsequent signing of Seguir, she's fallen pretty low in the depth charts. I imagine no matter where we end up come the end of the season, Tamborini will probably look for another club where she can play more regularly. Now that's a good segue to the winter transfer market because we did make a few changes in personnel during the winter transfer window. Four players left Napoli in December, defender Eleonora Oliva moved to Genoa, 
Midfielder Antonella Albertini joined Tavagnaco and forward Samia Adam joined Sassari Torres, all in Serie B. Meanwhile, striker Roberta Iliano joined Academy Dream Team CF in the Eccellenza. Now, Eccellenza is an amateur league, but Iliano is absolutely killing it there. She scored four goals in each of her first four games, and then she added a single goal in each of the next two. So she has a total of 18 goals in only six matches with Academy Dream Team CF. On the inbound, five new players joined Napoli over December and January. Federica Veriti joined from Sassari Torres in what was effectively a swap for Samia Adam. Valentina Pulizzi joined from Kevo Verona, though she hasn't featured a whole lot. Midfielder Julia Giacobo joined on loan from Fiorentina. Saba Seguir joined from Sampdoria. And as I said, Dallestal joined from Sevilla. All in all, I think the team improved dramatically by making these moves. I've already talked about Della Stahl's numbers, but most of those players are making significant contributions. Veriti, Giacobo, Seguir, and Della Stahl were all in the starting lineup for Sunday's match against Cesena, which we won 4-0 and easily could have won 6-0 had we not missed a few sitters. The other major change that's happened since our last update, in fact it was only about three weeks ago, was the replacement of our head coach. This news came completely out of nowhere, but on the 10th of March, the club announced that they had mutually agreed to part ways with Lipov due to, quote, differences in technical and organizational management of the team. That's a pretty vague statement, so who knows what really happened there. In any event, sporting director Biagio Seno assumed the role of manager, which was also an unusual decision. To my knowledge, he's never been a coach before, but I could be wrong about that. There was one match, I can't remember which one it was, where there was an injury stoppage and Seno just wandered onto the pitch to give one of his players some instructions. And of course, the manager is supposed to stay in his technical area, so the opposing manager wasn't too happy about that. And when I saw that happen, the first thing that popped into my head is that this guy is not a real manager. I suspect that assistant coach Pasquale Iliano is doing most of the actual coaching and Seno is just overseeing the project. In any event, the change hasn't seemed to affect our results. Seno has a perfect record of 3 wins, no draws, and no losses since taking over as coach. The last thing I'll comment on is something a little bit lighter, which is the team kit, which we introduced midway through the season. It's actually a really nice kit. It has four lines that create the shape of Mount Vesuvio, the bottom line being white and the top three being different shades of blue that match the team colors. And just like the men's team, this past round we introduced an alternate red shirt, which was really nice as well. There are a lot of sponsors on the shirt, but that's because there isn't a whole lot of money yet in the women's game so you need as many sponsors as you can get. Now I am confident that the women's game will eventually get there. I talked about this on my last update, but if you look at the progress in the US, England, France, and Spain, it's definitely heading in the right direction. Clubs are selling more and more tickets, there's an increasing number of clubs that are affiliated with the men's teams, the game is getting a lot more attention, which means the value of TV rights will increase. Now Italy is always a slow adopter of anything new, but I have to think that we'll see the same progress in Italy. Roma just reached the quarterfinals of the Champions League, which is great for the club and for Italian football as a whole in terms of exposure, because the Champions League is just as important, if not more important, in the women's game as it is in the men's game. 
Roma's match against Barcelona had something like 40,000 people in attendance at the Olimpico, the crowd saying Roma Roma at the start of the match just like they do for the men's team, so to me these are all signs of progress. That's all great for Italian football in general, but I do wonder how far Napoli can go. I've mentioned this before, but for those of you who are new to the pod or new to Napoli Femminile in general, Napoli Femminile don't have any affiliation with the men's team. Aurelio De Laurentiis is simply not interested because these clubs tend to not be moneymakers. Even if he does get into the women's game, I have a funny feeling he would go about it in a different, more cost-effective way. At one point, there were rumors that he could buy Pomigliano, which is another club who are from Napoli. Pomigliano Darco is just on the outskirts of the city, about 20 minutes away by car. So we'll see if that ever happens, but until then, I think the ceiling for the current Napoli Femminile team is somewhere near the bottom of the Serie A table, or near the top of the Serie B table. It's just too big of a disadvantage to not have access to the same facilities, exposure, and ultimately the same resources that the clubs who are affiliated with their men's teams have. Nevertheless, we will continue to support Napoli Femminile and hope they use the final 8 rounds of the Serie B campaign to get back into the top flight. Alright, that is where I will leave it. Hopefully that gets some of you a little bit more excited about the women's game. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and or a review on your favorite podcast platform. And thank you to all of you who have already done so. You can also support the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash pod. It's entirely voluntary. There are no set tiers. Every episode remains available to all listeners entirely for free. But it does help me to continue to produce content both on the podcast and on our website. Speaking of which, we covered the entire international break on the website for anyone who's interested to see how our players did with their respective national teams. We had 16 players on international duty, so that was quite a bit of work. I watched almost every game involving our players. There were a few I didn't have access to, but you can find all of those details at ForzaNapoliPress.com. I will be back in a day or two to preview the big match on Sunday against Milan. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti, Forza Napoli sempre! Sports Social Podcast Network.